Hello, I'm Tim Harris. This is Julie Harris, and this is Real Estate Coaching Radio. That's right. So make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. Thanks again for popping by. Hit that like button, and don't forget to leave your comments and questions so we can get right back with you. We will. Thank you for continuing to make our podcast, Real Estate Coaching Radio, the number one listened to podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. And let us know what you think about this video. Leave your comments below. Thank you. Today's podcast is sponsored by you, you winning on listing appointments. And so what we're going to be talking about is how to avoid the five biggest mistakes that agents make when going on listing appointments. And most of these five points will make you laugh because we will certainly be telling you some of our coaching client stories along with each of these points. And before (laughs) Julie can't stop herself, before we get to our first point, I want to remind all of you that yes, we are going to be providing a local meetup mastermind in your market. And here's all you have to do. Scroll down to the link below and look at the show description along with all of our notes from today's podcast and click the link to actually RSVP or maybe you're choosing to host a local event. And we're going to be doing – we've got 50 events that are going to be taking place usually once a month. If there's not an event that's near you and you want to pro- you want to host an event, you want, want to propose that we do an event in your local community, we're all in. We will approve it. We will agree to it. All you've got to do is uh, go to the website and you've got to essentially just say that you would like to have a, a you know local meetup event in your marketplace and you'd also like to host it ideally and then it'll happen. We're going to approve it. Our events committee is going to approve every single one of you that want to do your event. So don't just think because you're in some rural community that you can't have a meetup. You can and we're going to help you do it. So here's how it's going to work. You're going to scroll below and you're going to look at the notes, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or the 30 different podcasting widgets that we uh, publish our podcast to. And then you're going to look at the show notes. You're going to look for the basically a text ad that's talking about the events. Click the link and then you're going to be taken to a, a, a website. It's called river.io or getriver.io. And then when you're on the website, you're going to see all the different cities where there's already events taking place. Find your city, RSVP, or maybe you're going to volunteer to host the event, and then we take it. We help you take it from there. We're going to promote the event. We're going to send emails for the event. We're going to get as many people to go as we can, and you're also going to participate in that activity as well. These events are designed for all of you to build your professional local centers of influence. We know that all of you, especially regular podcast listeners, know that the first lead generation spoke we teach all of you to do is personal and professional centers of influence. This is going to turn charge those efforts. Real estate by its very nature is a cooperative industry. Unlike pretty much every other industry that's out there, we, this industry by design, uh, we have to work together. And what a great way for you to position yourself as a leader in the community than starting your own, um, you know, your own meetup. And by the way, the nice thing is that all the other folks attending the meetup are going to also have one big thing in common. They also listen to the podcast. So you're going to at least have that to share with them. That's going to be a good starting point. We know that some of these uh, meetups are going to turn into really probably very well-organized masterminds over time. You can continue and we encourage you to continue and we'll help you to continue to do your meetups on a regular basis. Maybe you want to do it once a month, twice a month. It does not matter. And so all the information is on the website. Scroll down and click the link. We're very excited Frankly, because so many of you are so you know loving this idea, and I know it's going to be a huge success for all of you that participate. That's right. Hosted by you, but sponsored by us, so make sure you're participating. All right, so today's topic, listing appointment. Congratulations for setting that, but guess what? There's at least five mistakes to avoid. What should you avoid saying or doing on a listing presentation? Whether you're presenting to a good friend, a referral client, or a colder lead, 
There are some universal mistakes that you must avoid if you want to take the listing. Now, the good news is that all of these things are easy to remember, but they are also things that if you screw them up, they're easy to wreck your appointment. So number one, this is perhaps the easiest one to correct immediately, don't ever arrive late. There's a saying, early is on time, on time is late, and if you're late, you lose. People have varying degrees of tolerance to an appointment showing up late. So err on the side of caution and always be early. If you miscalculate and get there too early, well, use your time to drive the neighborhood and become even more familiar with the streets, the amenities, the parks, other homes for sale, and so forth. It's better than being late. Would you concur? Well, I was thinking as you were reading that, um, that we had a listing appointment, and I'll never forget <laughs> this. You were thinking of the same thing, yep. I bet. Well, why don't you tell the story? Well, hopefully we're remembering the same story. So I'm sure we you are. Know, <laughs> uh, interrupt if necessary. Um, I remember that we were going to an appointment, and a lot of our, appoint our listing appointments we did together. We showed up. We did our usual routine. And I think we got there just about exactly on time, um, shook the guy's hand. It was a single guy, normal house, normal everything. And I remember looking down at his legal pad. And he had, we knew we were competing because we used our pre-qualification script, finding out. We and sent a pre-lasting pack. We, we followed our, we got there a little bit early. Seven-step listing process, yep. the whole thing. But I remember he met us at the door. He, I looked at his legal pad and he had written down two or three other agent names and right next to their names, he had a few other notes, but he had written down exactly what time they showed up. So this agent, you know, was at 513. So you can just guess they were probably 13 minutes late, right? But this was his prevailing thing. And I also remember from that same appointment, he said, okay, you got 10 minutes, go. And that's, that's where we had just been talking about, you know, using the DISC personality styles. This guy's obviously direct. Thank goodness we sent a pre-listing package because then we could go to, okay, let's just do the paperwork. Well, but the, we had won already because we showed up on time. And obviously, for at least for this guy, being on time was very important. And by his following comment, you got 10 minutes, shoot. Obviously, you know, he didn't want to be there for two hours. He wanted you to be efficient. And lucky for us, we weren't late. Well, our whole listing presentation basically lasts about 15 minutes. And those of you guys who are thinking you have to be in the house for hours on end, uh, the seller doesn't want you in their house on end. No. But here's what I do remember. He actually, after we did take the listing, mm -hmm. and most of our listings that we went on, Julie, Julie and I competed for. I don't. I mean, there were maybe in our entire careers, and we sold, I don't even know how many houses, between 100 and 200 homes per year for almost a decade. We very rarely didn't have to compete. I suppose on our centers of influence and yeah. past clients. Those aside from that. Yeah. yeah, aside from that. And so uh, I remember he very he actually listed the house with us. And that is when you learned that he um, – obviously, we uh, he liked our pre-listing pack and our listing presentation, the whole thing. But at the end of the day, he did very clearly tell us – and this is what I'll never forget – because we showed up early. It was only early by like five minutes, but yeah. we showed up early. And by the way, we did these other, we didn't make any of these other mistakes as well. So Julie, I mean, it's funny that we remember yeah. that so clearly. Well, it's because it's such an easy thing to screw up. Oh, I got late. Oh, the traffic. Oh, the this, that, and the other thing. It shows disrespect yes. to the seller when you show up late. And so does point number two. Point number two, this is an easy one to correct. Don't park in their driveway. You're either parking somebody in or taking somebody's spot, especially because most listing appointments are in the evening after people get home from work. They're, you know, if their teenager has to drive to soccer practice and you're blocking them from leaving, then your appointment mojo will be messed up with an awkward interruption. 
So park in the street. Well, it's very common for one spouse to come home after the other one. You know,、yep. yes, you want both of them there when you're, you know, have the listing presentation, and maybe they swore up and down that both of them would be there at four thirty. But sure enough, one of them gets, you know, hold up at work or whatever, and you're parked in the driveway. And they, and I promise you, when that other trailing spouse shows up, they're going to be pissed that you blocked them out. Um, and that's what happens. And they're not going to come up. They're not going to walk in and say, "You parked in the driveway. You blocked me no, from my parking." No, they're just going to be irritated. They're going to be irritated by you. And you're going to be interrupted, which means you're now off of your listing mojo. Right. And that's such an easy thing to avoid in the first place. And again, it's these tiny, tiny little things that、mm-hmm. show respect to the seller. You could even go as far as to say, "I made sure not to park in your driveway, so in case you know somebody needs、sure. to use your driveway." Those types of things. The UPS guy, the FedEx guy. You guys get the point. Exactly. Okay. And you know, you also could get. Yourself parked in, which would be awkward, getting everybody to move. So just don't park in their driveway. All right, number three: avoid discussing politics. Some of you guys are kind of bad at this. Politics are not relevant to the sale of their home, and no matter what you say, you have at least a fifty-fifty shot of being in contention. This also goes for your social media. So don't invite conflict. Well, in the social, the polit- politics, even on the far left or the far right. That's such a it's so turbulent right now. Frankly, it's very turbulent. Those things are changing really, really quick. So make sure again, just avoid the politics. And I know, and I'm not disagreeing with some of you. You guys are in such polarized communities in some places that the only thing you can do is be blue, or the only thing you can do is be red. But still, you don't have to wave the flag because it's going to offend somebody at some point because you're not going to get something exactly right. So just don't talk about it. Is no point. Err on the side of being a republicrat. Or be a republicrat. Write that down. I'm a little. I see this and I see the other thing. Or even better, don't talk about it at all. Julie, I'm going to do a little supplemental point. Actually, I'll do it as number six. Okay, point number four. Don't forget that. All right,、yep. number four. Don't make the appointment all about you, especially top producers. I'm talking to you. Always make it all about them, their needs, motivation, time frame, and priorities. Don't talk about how busy you are, about the deal you're trying to save, inspection and financing drama, or how you're going to be out of town for two weeks. They don't care about any of that. They might play along. But they're just biding their time to get you the heck out of their house. They care about your ability to solve their real estate needs. You have to lead with that. All of our scripts are based on keeping you on that task. The questions that you ask during a listing presentation focus all about them and their needs. It's so important for you to remember that everyone's favorite topic is themselves, and it always will be. And if you show up at a listing appointment and you're doing what 99% of you are right now being trained to do or actually doing, where you're making all about your awards, all about your plaques, all about your double diamond ruby award, all about your other things, I assure you they do not care, and it's not doing you any,、uh, not moving you any closer to the goal of getting the listing. Because all someone has to say is, "Oh, they're double diamond." Do you know what that actually means? Well, I researched it. it means they sold three houses in the last thirty years. You guys get the point. So don't set yourself up for that. Make sure you make it all about them. And how you going? How are you going to do that? It's harder to do than you think because so many people are so used to talking about themselves constantly, especially real estate people, right?、Sure. You're going to follow the seven step listing process. That we teach you in Premier Coaching. You're going to pre-qualify the person prior to going on the appointment. You're going to have all the questions answered about their time frame, about what they owe on the house, what they think the house is worth, and you're not going to ask the questions like I'm presenting it to you now. You're going to use our scripts. Yeah. You and you have to ask the questions in the right order, or you won't get the answers. You're going to want to know whether you're competing. You're going to want to know who you're competing against. 
right? All these questions need to be asked uh, before you go on the appointment. If you don't know, don't go. It's one of the points in our best-selling book, Harris Rules. You guys ought to remember that. If you don't have all the questions, all the answers to all the questions, you are probably going to lose the listing, even if the seller is your mama. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay? And furthermore, you're going to have to send the pre-listing pack every single time. The pre-listing pack is your silent assassin. What it'll do is when you use our pre-listing pack and you get that as you know, being a premier coaching member, the pre-listing pack is personalized to you, but the content in the pre-listing pack is designed to answer all the questions you live in fear of being asked at the appointment. And I have news for you. The seller does not want to talk with you about commission rates. The seller does not want nope. you to talk with you about uh, the term of the listing. The seller doesn't want to hear about your marketing plan. The seller doesn't want to hear about your social media plan. The seller doesn't want to learn. They want to read it. They want to understand it. And when they get to the, when you get to the, you know, appointment part of, remember our listing appointment takes 15 minutes. One of the opening, you know, questions you ask in our listing appointment, we call it a Sharpie close, is you ask the Mr. Seller, you know, what are the two or three things that are most important to you that you must have answered to your satisfaction before you choose the agent for the job of selling your home? And then the seller is going to tell you those two or three things, and you're just going to talk about those two or three things. You're not going to talk about your golden retriever. They don't care. And I'm not saying they don't care in the sense that they really don't care. A lot of them really don't care, but they don't care because you're being disrespectful. How would you like someone to show up at your house after you've had a long day at work and your kids are cranky and your golden retriever, you know, whatever, had an expensive Their vet story. bill. And yeah. now you're rolling in there. You're talking about things that are taking their time when they'd much rather be doing something else or nothing at all. You guys get it? So the way you win the listing, the way you win in life is you think about the person you're talking about first, primarily, and only, ever. And that's the whole point of following the seven-step listing process. That's the whole point of asking them what's most important to them. I have only given you a smattering, an overview an overview of the overview of our seven-step listing process. And obviously, you want to join Premier Coaching. The link to join for free is in the show description below, along with all of these points. Very well put. Yes. And again, we can only kind of scratch the surface on those things. But we've had so many coaching clients say that their listing life is easier when they just follow this plan and when they do what you just described. It's easier on the seller. And many of them have said in those competitive situations, the seller said to them, we chose you because you're the only one who bothered to ask what was important to us. You know, we've had this also, this feedback from a lot of our coaching clients, is when you, are, when you become dominant following our listing process in a particular market, you guys are going to think I'm making this up, but I'm not. Longtime coaching clients, you're going to you know, smile because you know what I'm saying is true because you've experienced it. Your agents that you've been competing with will – they'll cancel listing appointments when they know they're competing against you. Like they might they might be with a broker that doesn't let them do a flexible fee commission structure or doesn't let them do an easy exit listing or doesn't have a guaranteed home sale program or any of the other things that we coach you guys to have as your unique selling propositions when you're trying to win a listing. They can't compete with you, so they just canceled the listing appointment. And I'll even go as far as to say some of you are making – well, no, all of you are making listing a home so much more difficult than it needs to be. You follow our seven-step listing process. You actually do everything we coach you to do, and it's not that much, and it's simple, and it's the same thing every single time all of you can do it. You'll show up at the house – I'm not saying every time, but for every, say, 10 listing appointments you go on – Three, maybe four 
are going to not even want to talk to you. They're going to have already signed the listing paperwork because you sent it over in the pre-listing pack along yep. with the CMA showing what the three different price variations could be depending on you know the condition of the house and whatnot. Uh, and they're going to essentially already sign the listing paperwork pending on putting a price on the house. In other words, they want you out of there as fast as possible. Yeah. And some of you who are coaching clients, you're going to experience and have experience where you knock, 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 you hear for the listing appointment, seller opens the door and hands you back the signed listing contract with a suggested price that you already suggested through the CMA that you already did because you included in your pre-listing mm-hmm. pack. Why are you making your life so much more difficult? Some of you are doing two steps, three steps. You're doing these long processes when you're dealing with sellers. Why are you doing that? You're doing that because, let's be honest, you lack a system. You lack sales skills. You lack a pre-listing pack. You're not pre-qualifying. Yeah. What impression is that leaving on that seller if, they're com- if you are competing against an agent that's following our seven-step listing process? Think about that. That is the next step for all of you in your real estate businesses. That's right. I laugh because I'll never forget a newer coaching client came as a result of one of these discussions on a podcast. He said, you know, I realized that I need a listing system after my last listing presentation where I was at the seller's house for not one, not two, not three, but four hours. I ran out of things to talk about. I didn't know what I was doing. I finally, in an act of desperation, said that if I discount my commission, will you sign with me tonight? I still walked away with no signature, and I then realized that I am not following a system. So if that's you, if you're winging it, even if it's not taking you four hours to wing it, if you're not walking away most of the time with your signature, now sometimes they're, gonna, they're not going to be ready, they're relocating next month, there's extenuating circumstances, that's fine. But remember, this leads us to point number five, don't forget to ask for the business. The definition of close as in close for the signature, is the logical ending to a great presentation. Assuming you did a great job presenting, closing is easy, conflict-free, and results in a signed listing contract. Do you remember where we learned that? You remind me. We had a seller. We went out, and I was I did it myself. It was a great listing presentation. All the boxes were checked. The ball, you could hear the bat hitting the ball, and it went over the, but the seller said, um, he had some other uh, agent that, uh, that had scheduled an appointment. Literally, like while I was there, they texted something or a referral from another neighbor or something. So I didn't know that that other agent was in the mix. Um, and so the seller basically said, well, I just promised, that, you know, I couldn't get the seller to move forward with me. And they wanted to interview this other agent. Well, this other agent, turns out this other agent was new, a new brand new licensee. And I called the seller up, you know, the next day, like, I just want to stop by and swing by and pick up the paperwork. And the seller said, well, I decided to list with the other agent. And I was like, well, why? <laughs> you know, I wanted to find out. And the seller said to me, well, she asked for the business. I was stupid. I forgot to simply ask for the paperwork to be signed. I didn't use the script that Julie and I developed after that. If we, And this is basically the overview of it. Mr. Seller, listen, I appreciate the fact you've made an appointment with the other agent. And it's good sometimes to get a second appointment or a second opinion. But let me ask you, are you are we in complete agreement that the price we suggested for the house or I suggested for the house makes sense for you? Yes. Do you agree that our marketing plan um, and all the other things we're offering are going to result in you having a successful sale, obviously, as it's done dozens, if not hundreds of times before for other sellers, many of your neighbors, they're going to say yes. Well, then I'm going to suggest to you that you're actually, we could be potentially making an enemy in the marketplace if you interview that other agent. Can I tell you why? Well, why? Because that other agent who's right now probably hiring babysitters and you know rescheduling her life, and you've already decided you're going to list with me. Well, now you're going to have that other agent come over 
uh, and that other agent's space because you feel obligated and that other agent's going to essentially not get the listing. Now, let's just say that other agent may have actually had a buyer for your property. Now that you've rejected them and not listed the house with them, don't you think it's a chance that they're not going to want to necessarily have the same level of motivation and enthusiasm about selling your listing versus say the other listing down the street? So let me do this. Let me call and cancel the appointment with that other agent. Give them their evening back. You know, they can cancel the babysitter, right? They can actually, you know, watch Wheel of Fortune or whatever they're planning on doing with their family and relaxing. And then what I'll do is I'll very nicely offer to let them bring any of their potential buyers through right the second we make the listing active. We'll make it so that they have first right of uh, the opportunity to sell the house, present it to their buyers. And that way, what we're doing is we're making it so that uh, they obviously are going to still be enthusiastic about selling the house and we haven't made an enemy in the marketplace. Now, that's not the exact script, but that is the technique. And had that, you know, had we been in a situation, I've been in a situation where uh, that seller was telling me at the appointment that they had another appointment after that. Here's the other thing you're going to want to say. You know, Mr. Seller, it's interesting you should say that. I've discovered that after I have a you know great appointment with everyone and we're all in agreement that you agree my marketing plans is what's going to take to get the property sold and you know all the other things. And if, if someone's still not moving forward with me, almost always, Mr. Seller, it's because of the fact that we're, they're not in complete agreement with me about the price. And it's okay if that's the case. Is that the case with you? And if they say, and usually they'll say, uh, it's like 50, 50% of the time. They'll say, well, yes, that's the problem. And then you know what you have to overcome. You got to go back and you got to review the CMA. Maybe another agent had blown sunshine up there. You know what's about the value of their mm-hmm. home. Or frankly, you know, if it's just over a little bit of money, who cares? List it at the higher price and take the listing. Now, what sometimes they'll say is, no, I'm in complete agreement. I like to pray about it. I like to, you know, this, that, the other thing. They have their process for making big decisions. Mm-hmm. You respect that. You're going to respect whatever they said, but here's what you're going to say. And this works maybe 30% of the time. Mr. Seller, listen, I appreciate the fact that you want to think about it overnight. I always think about my big decisions as well. So let's do this. Let's go ahead and get the paperwork taken care of. Let's get the signatures where the signatures go. That way, when you think about it overnight and when you say, okay, I'm going to listen with Tim and Julie, I, you know, you call me, I won't have to come back over here and take another, you know, a bunch of your time to get a point to get the contract signed. So let's knock these out now. And by the way, say paperwork, not contracts. Let's knock these out now. And then you just call me in the morning and maybe say it's on the porch and I can swing by and pick it up. So the seller then will agree to do all the signatures. And then almost like I'd say with a a bit of a a levity in your voice, you say, Mr. Seller, you know, you've got the paperwork signed. Are you sure you just don't want me to take it tonight? You know, you try like that. And then you'll find that maybe 20, 30% of the time they're going to say, okay, fine, I'll just do it tonight. Because what was holding them back was actually their fear of signing the paperwork. And once you help them move past that fear of signing the paperwork and they've signed it, then they're all good. And that's sometimes all it takes. Maybe they're feeling, you know, whatever. They don't, again, whatever their process is, their process is, but you've got to show. Now, some of you are thinking, oh my God, that's way too pushy. And in some cases, and you're right, maybe 10% of the time, the sellers are going to feel that as a little pushy. But here's the thing. The 90% of the sellers, they're going to respect the fact that I actually was trying to do my job and have them become a, a listing agent or a listing client of ours. And if in that 10% of the time, if they give me any sort of pushback, you can actually you take a step back and say, Mr. Seller, listen, I appreciate the fact that I'm being, you know, a little aggressive when it's trying when I'm because I really believe I can sell this house. I know we can sell this house. This is the perfect house, uh, you know, perfect property. It's in great condition. I'm very enthusiastic about it. I'm sure. Sorry if my enthusiasm comes off as a little too pushy, but also, Mr. Seller, I'm trying to send you. I'm trying to show you how urgent I am 
with doing my job. And I want you to maybe think about when we have a buyer that wants to purchase your house, maybe through a buyer's agent, I'm going to be just as motivated and um, you know encouraging for them to, to purchase your house. So I'm trying to prove to you, Mr. Seller, that I'm not complacent. I'm not lazy. I'm actually going to be the agent you want to get the highest price uh, in the shortest period of time with, frankly, the least amount of hassle to you. And I remember you delivering that nearly exact script many times. And you know what they do? They usually kind of step back a little bit and they sigh and they go, okay, you're right. I appreciate that. I really like your energy. And then the spouses will look at each other and be like, are you ready to just get this over with? <laughs> and then they sign, right? So that was a combination of being aggressive but explaining why. And especially if any of the agents that they previously talked to didn't even ask for the business, they're going to recognize that. I would say especially people who are themselves in sales will recognize that right off the bat. Sometimes if you're about to be more direct with someone than you feel comfortable being or you feel that you're going to be more direct than they're comfortable having someone be direct with yeah. them about, ask their permission first. Yes. That makes Th it okay. That, th so what you say is, Mr. Seller, listen, I appreciate the fact you want to think about it overnight, but can I tell you what scares me for you about that? Because, you know, we're in agreement right now. We're in agreement about the marketing plan, the price, everything we're going to do to get the property sold. And, you know, I'm, if you think about this overnight, what are you, what, are, what is exactly you're going to think about? I mean, we're all here right now, you know, your husband and the wife and the dog and the kid, right? So what exactly is it you're going to be thinking about? It usually think about means that I haven't done a good job of answering all your questions. And frankly, I won't be able to sleep at night. And by the way, this was true. I won't be able to sleep at night yeah. if I feel I didn't do a great job of answering all your questions. So what questions remain unanswered in your mind? You guys get it? But that's, remember, that's asking for any lingering objections, which is unusual when you actually use the pre-listing package. But if somebody is hesitant, and I remember, you know, lots of instances where, you know, that's kind of your backup plan. What are your remaining questions? What do, what do I still need to answer for you? Remember, the definition of an objection is an unanswered question in the mind of the prospect. And sometimes, you know, they would get, you know, I remember sometimes they would say, well, we're not 100% sure we're actually getting relocated. Well, but we're not would, sure of this. We're not sure of that. We would have pre-qualified them. We would yeah. have known what their time frames were. Almost every single time, experienced listing agents listening to me, like Julie just brought up, maybe their plans changed since we exactly. pre-qualified them, okay? But here's 99% of the time, here's what, if they don't sign with you at the appointment, it's always because of one or two reasons. Their Uncle Bob just got a real estate license and they feel obligated yep. and Uncle Bob snuck in after you and you always try to set your appointment so you're last. Mm -hmm. Or number two, somebody else is telling them a much higher price. It's never because of, well, like hardly ever because of the commission. And or, com high, usually it's price. Right, it's, it's price. price. And it, ultimately it's the price. And so you've got to, you know, maybe you didn't do a thorough enough job explaining the CMA. You know, maybe you didn't follow over our listing process or you did your version of Tim and Julie's seven-step listing process, mm -hmm. which a lot of people are guilty of. Guys, listen, this is a proven system. And I'll say this is interesting. Some of you listening right now who are selling expensive real estate, you are lying to yourselves saying, well, we can never do that in the upper ends. <laughs> I got news for you. In the upper ends is where this technique and where our direct approach works the best by far yeah. because they respect it. Because to Julie's point, a lot of them were, are also in some form of selling. Anybody mm -hmm. successful 
at anything in life is a salesperson. And they have more experience going through more sales. There are no exceptions. A doctor who is really successful has to sell somebody into procedures. A pastor who has a really great church has to sell people into him, you know, basically them showing up and giving him, you know, the donations. Everybody who's successful at anything at any, a great a teacher is ultimately a great salesperson. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, an engineer is great at expressing and selling their ideas. There is no such thing as someone who is at the height of their career, who is, say, one of those upper end sellers, who's not also learned along the way, even though very few of them would say it like this, <laughs> who's not learned along the way how to be a great salesperson. You have to be a great salesperson to be great at anything in life, no matter what the career is, what the industry is. So they're going to respect your hustle. They're going to respect the fact that you are like them. You're a great salesperson. And I'll tell you how I know this for sure. Because when Julie and I sold real estate, we started in a low average normal sale price range in our market. And then we moved to a marketplace where the average sale price was 5x where we started. It was like a million dollars. And what we, our technique working, uh, being, you know, proactive seven step listing process, following a proven system, pre-listing pack, you know, isolating their objections, helping them to, you know, just oh, that worked so much better on the upper end, it wasn't even funny. And every single one of our upper end coaching clients, a lot of them have hired us to be their coaches because they have a passive approach. Well, I just get my listings because I play tennis with all my sellers or because of social things or because of brownies. Now all of a sudden there's five agents in the same, the five agents who are also, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the same brownie trooper. Now you're, you're not competing against, you're not getting listings anymore. Well, it turns out there's three now, Three of your fellow, your people you pay tennis with now all got their real estate licenses and so you're not automatically getting the referrals and you have to learn how to compete. That's the reason that you have to learn how to be a professional salesperson. Professional salespeople are not trying to convince somebody to do something that they that is not what's best for them. A professional salesperson is simply helping people to identify what their objections are, their challenges, their fears, frankly, and helping them move past. You're not sitting in front of a seller because they don't want to sell their house. What you're doing is you're sitting in front of the seller, helping them identify what their fears are, what their notions, you know, because selling real estate for a lot of people is very stressful. Not so much in the upper end, by the way, but no, pretty much every other price range. And you're going to, they're already wanting to sell. They have to sell the house because you pre-qualified them. You know what their motivation is. And now you're going to just help to pull out. They don't want to feel ripped off. They don't want to feel like they got taken advantage of. They don't want to feel like they left money on the table. They don't want to feel like they got taken advantage of. Help them to identify the fact that you are the best agent for them by actually being the best agent for them because you're actually, guess what? The best agent for them. You guys get it? You cannot fake it. You cannot, you know, Facebook or Instagram or buy a bunch of likes on some, you know, or whatever. You have to actually earn the right to be their listing agent. And when you do, your business and your personal life will take off because you're going to look at yourself in the mirror and you're going to see yourself becoming the best version of yourself as a real estate professional. And I promise you, everything you want in life is on the other side of that. Absolutely. Very well put. Lots of great examples there. Hopefully you guys were paying attention. It's all about upgrading your professionalism this year bringing it to the next level, not having different rules for different people in different situations. And just because you're buddies, you don't present. And then the next appointment you're competing. So you are going to present. You do it the same way using a systematic approach. You're going to win nearly hundred percent of the time. That's a rule we have for our coaching clients. It's not okay to just take 50% because you hit it off based on your personality. Not if you want to really 
be a professional in this business and not just get by, but really earn a killer living. Listing appointments are always abundant in every single marketplace. For every buyer side, there was a seller that listed with an agent. So if you have to choose what you're going to be doing in your real estate career, where you're going to put your best energies, always focus on being a powerful listing agent. Because when you're a powerful listing agent, you get leverage. You actually then can create multiple transactions. Think about it, guys. You can do open houses. You can do other things to essentially get buyers to call you. Buying buyer leads is an act of futility, especially if you're a listing agent. Any listing agent knows what I just said is true. But that seller is going to have a house to sell or have a house to buy. Maybe they're going to have, you know, they're going to refer you other people. Sellers, listings, that's where all the business comes from. Look to see who the top agents are in your marketplace. Every single one of them selling the most houses, making the most money, or also taking and selling the most listings. Put those thoughts together, guys. Become a powerful listing agent. The way you become a powerful listing agent is you learn how to be a proactive lead generator. You learn how to pre-qualify. You learn how to you know, present, negotiate, and close. Always send the pre-listing pack. Always be urgent with your lead follow-up. Be incredibly excited about you as a listing agent. And we strongly encourage all of you to take the next natural step, the smart step, as obviously all of you are, your podcast listeners, and become a premier coaching client. Anything else you'd like to say to these guys? Well, we had five points, but I think we probably presented 25 points. Of course, we always do. Because it gets us going and we remember oh, all I didn't remember what my things. bonus point was. Oh, good. Okay, the bonus point is, is how you appear, mm. which you maybe should have had in your notes. But it, this is something some people want to argue with us about, so I'm just going to give you the punchline. When you show up at a seller's appointment and you're dressed like them, you're at a disadvantage. You think, oh, everyone in my community wears flip-flops. We've had people argue with this Beach about it. Beach communities. Beach communities. Everyone shows up casual. That's fine. But dress one notch above how everyone else dresses. Dress so that when someone looks at you, you look one notch above. I'm not saying show up in a three-piece uh, suit no. wearing you know, you know, all kinds of uncomfortable clothes and you're a hot environment, whatever it is. You know, don't try to pigeonhole what I'm trying to say. All you've got to do is look a little bit nicer than your competitors, a little bit nicer than the way seller the sellers dress, and then wear and and you essentially wear the appropriate uh, clothing. If you go on a listing appointment in a normal price house and you're wearing $450 shoes, and that seller sees that you're wearing $450 shoes, you're not going to get that listing. They're going to hate you. No, when in Rome, right? When in Rome. Be, be considerate of who you're presenting to. This is We talk about this endlessly in our book, Harris Rules. We did do a podcast, I think about a month ago, about upgrade everything, and we yep. gave you different categories. How you dress is one of those things. And we gave you some specific things to upgrade. And you don't, to your point, you don't have to overdo it, right? So if if they wear t-shirts, typically you're in a beach community, whatever, you wear a polo. If they wear a polo, you wear a button down. If they wear a button down, you wear a tie. No, and this, this gets back to, you know, knowing who you're going to be in front of, what's appropriate for your market. We have coaching clients in Texas where it's all about, you know, your fancy cowboy boots. That's and, okay. That's appropriate to you. But it's funny you should say that. Mm -hmm. So if you're in Texas and you're selling any place other than Austin right. and maybe Dallas, yeah. and your truck is too nice, That's true. you're not going to get the listing. That's right. So you have to have a nice truck, mm -hmm. but not a very not nice, nice truck. And it better not be a sport utility vehicle. Probably the same with your boots, too. It better be something that looked like it recently hauled <laughs> hay. That's right. Okay? I mean, it is true. when in Rome. Yeah. Yeah, and it, the same goes true as if you're like... Um, you know, I remember when Julie and I went on a listing appointment and we had just bought a, you know, a BMW. We had, it, was, it was our second year in the business and we'd sold over a hundred homes and we did really great. We rewarded ourselves with buying a slightly used BMW. And I'll never forget 
we were walking up to this house. We saw the seller peeking out. Now, we won the listing. We took the listing, but the seller wasted no time. You remember this? Mm-hmm. Nate Lick. Wasted no time afterwards in pointing out to us that we had a car that he thought was too flashy for the market or something like that. He had a whole yeah. opinion on it. And you know what? He wasn't wrong. It probably was because everyone else was driving you know, normal cars, and we probably should have been more considerate of our environment. Yeah. And the opposite is true as well. When we started selling really expensive listings, we had to go and get our game on. We had to get nicer watches and get nicer shoes. Yeah. I remember walking to a listing appointment, and one of the things that Julie and I always recommend as part of our listing process, we teach you in Premier Coaching, is when you walk in the seller's house, if you see that they're not wearing shoes, take your shoes off. Well, we always followed that rule, and it was a no-shoes house. And I remember the husband and wife both met us at the door, and the lady was studying where Julie's yeah. shoes came from. Oh, yeah. They the brand. Labels. Yeah, but, you know, th- and that could have been one of our – should have been one of our mistakes, right? The fastest way to lose the listing is to not take your shoes off when they've done that and then track up their house. They're not doing that because they're protecting their floors. They probably have nice white carpet or tile – and then you just were disrespectful to them. They might give you a 20-minute appointment, and then you want to get ghosted, ruin their house. So, guys, this is training. We're not coaching you right now. If you like the intensity of the details of what we give you, the tiny little micro steps to winning a listing, you're going to love Premier Coaching because the reason that somebody becomes – look, you can learn eventually over time after having made enough mistakes, probably most of what you're going to learn in our seven-step listing process, or you could just skip the losing – uh, and actually just start winning consistently. Well, the problem is mistakes now cost 10 to 15 grand. Yeah, exactly. A pop, you know? I mean, how many of those do you want to rack up? It's pretty costly. Yeah, you lose five listings, you've just lost, what, at least 50 grand? That sucks. That's dumb. Right, That's exactly. way more expensive than coaching. Don't do that. Money. Julie and I are laughing because our first broker, Rory Averill, we, we screw something up, and we screwed a lot of things up. It takes a lot of screwing up to sell over 100 houses your first year in the business. <laughs> yeah. We'd call him up, and we'd tell him, and this is what he would say. He was a perfect broker for Julie and I because he didn't want to talk on the phone. So he'd go, well, what did you do this time? We'd say, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, what did that one cost you? And we'd tell him, he goes, well, you won't do that one again. Click. That's it. That was early coaching. <laughs> it worked, though, because we remember all those. A lot of those stories come out on the podcast. They do. Well, they just did. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, guys, thank you for keeping this number one listen and downloaded podcast in at least the United States. We strongly encourage you to join one of our local meetup communities. We're doing 250 uh, over the next 12 months, so make sure you participate. If there's not an event scheduled in your local community, consider proposing one. It will be approved, and then you'll be the host of the local event. We're very excited about getting all of our podcast uh you know, fans and our coaching clients and a lot of our EXP community together and you guys can start connecting. Remember, real estate is by its very nature a collaborative industry where your business is largely dependent. You have to think this through with what I'm about to say on your relationship and reputation with the other real estate professionals in the community. Why don't you position yourself as a true expert, somebody who's really going to look for, you know, essentially increasing the uh, the aptitude yeah, thus, all of you increase the altitude of your success by hosting meetups, by actually being the center of what other people want to participate in. And we're going to help you do it. We're going to announce your event. There's an event happening in Nashville, Austin, Dallas. We're scheduling events right now in Europe. Guys, take this seriously. We're doing our best to help you become the best version of yourself as a real estate professional. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. 
Hello, thank you for having watched this video. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's right, and don't forget to hit that like button, leave your comments and questions below, and we will get right back with you. Thank you for watching this video. Remember to watch the next one. You're gonna love that one. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.